Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Uncap It. I'm Kennedy, and I'm here with Haley. And today we are going to be talking a little bit about how you can use your law degree or a Juris Doctorate to pursue a job in politics or go on to be a practicing attorney. We're just going to talk a little bit about all the diverse ways you can use your JD. Yeah, so I think the most common understanding of what a law degree is for is obviously to go and practice law, work at a law firm, and more specifically, I think due to like TV, is just to be in a courtroom and are you in right, the courtroom Right, like be a day? trial attorney. <laughs> right, but even you and I don't necessarily want to do that and just be a trial attorney all right. the time. And I think that that's like the first big misunderstanding with a law degree. And actually, only 51% of law graduates in general take the path of being a practicing attorney. Right. And this is because law school is very diverse and it gives you a lot of useful skills that you can use in a variety of different jobs and not just as an attorney. Right. And one of those is obviously how to construct an argument when you're a lawyer. You argue a lot. Right. But... Not just lawyers need to know how to do that. Obviously, that's something that's going to be very beneficial in politics, especially if you are having something like a debate with an opponent or even just being able to kind of argue a policy and why that would be important as a policy. Right. And having those skills of being able to negotiate and collaborate with different people to make a policy happen or work with both sides of the aisle. Right. Another very important skill that you learn in law school is how to think critically And I feel like this is the most universal skill to any job that you need is critical thinking. Absolutely. And yes, this is very important to become an attorney and be a practicing lawyer, but it's also very important to have politicians that have critical thinking skills. Yeah. And then a third one, we kind of mentioned policy already, but it's how to challenge policy. So obviously, like you said before, this is going to be important as a practicing attorney, but arguably, I think it's even more important for someone that's in politics to know how to challenge policy right because you need to know when a policy needs to be challenged you need to be confident enough to be able to challenge something if you think it needs to be changed right so overall i think all of those skills are extremely useful for career in politics there's going to be more that we haven't mentioned but that's probably why we see so many individuals that receive their jd and then join that political world Right. And this has been seen throughout the history of the United States. So we have just a few statistics for you guys about how many politicians actually have their law degree. So starting with Congress specifically, the 117th Congress consisted of 175 members with a law degree and the 116th consisted of 40% of the members having attended law school. So it's very popular for people in Congress to have their law degree. Right, which makes a lot of sense if we tie it back to that skill with policy. Right, and and being able to challenge it. Right, exactly. So then if you look at the executive branch, when we were looking at United States presidents, um, 60% of the presidents have had a law degree. And I feel like that's commonly known because a lot of them in their campaigns talk about how they went to law school. Right, especially those Ivy League schools. Right. (laughs) Now, historically, more Democrats have been proven to attend law school prior to political careers. Uh, I'm not really sure why that might be, but um, that is an interesting thing to know. Right. I feel like it could be because Republicans focus more on, like, different ideals when they go into office, so they might not have the same background as Democrats and that's what 
creates the ideological differences. Yeah, that's a good point. So as you're talking about with like the Ivy League schools, when we were talking about the presidents, as of 2019, Harvard and Georgetown were the top two schools to produce congressional legislators. So that's where most of them graduate from when they're going to Congress. Which makes sense. You know, Harvard's the known law school. Whenever right. you tell people you're going to law school, it's like, oh, are you going to go to Harvard? <laughs> right. And then Georgetown makes a lot of sense being in D.C. It gives you that location and kind of that background knowledge going into working in the government. Right. It's a great location to just uh, push you right into the political scene. Right. So although we see these trends throughout a lot of politicians, it's actually not necessary to have your law degree to become a politician, but it is viewed as a very important credential. So a lot of times to seem qualified to be in a political role, a lot of people like to see that there is a law degree attached. Yeah, and I think a big part of that is because studying the law gives you a fundamental understanding of exactly how the law works. So you're coming in to government with the background of exactly what makes the law, how the law functions, and all of those, which is extremely important to make sure that you are implementing the law properly. And I feel like going to law school, people can then assume about you that you have a certain respect for like rules and laws, and that is a good quality to have if you're going to be in charge of the rule of law in your jurisdiction like it's very important that people think you have respect for the laws that you are enforcing right but all that being said obviously we said that it is a common path to take but we are seeing a slight decline in this path and one of those is because studying business is becoming more common prior to working in the american government so getting your mba for example or getting some sort of graduate degree on the business track instead of the legal field. And this could really shift the dynamics of our country if more people continue to get their business degrees instead of going to law school. And there could be benefits and there could be drawbacks from this shift, but either way, I think it'll just change how people think who work in the government. So for our guest today, we wanted to give you guys some firsthand knowledge of what it's like to work in the government as a graduate from law school so our guest today will be able to speak to that from her own personal knowledge all right so we are going to bring on our special guest for today's podcast we have with us sheila boehner and she is currently the deputy chief of staff and executive counsel to the speaker of the house bob cup who was on our podcast last season She also is an Ohio Northern alum, and she graduated from ONU with her BA in Political Science and Criminal Justice in 2010. She then went on to receive her JD from the University of Toledo College of Law in 2013, where she graduated magna cum laude. Since graduating, she gained experience in both the legal and political realms. She began working in Columbus as a legislative aide in December of 2014 and has remained in the state's capital holding a variety of positions ever since then. So thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We're super excited to have you back at ONU and on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we'll just jump right into the questions. You told me that you basically have grown up in the world of Ohio politics, and you even got to sit in on a Judiciary Committee hearing when you were just a kid. Can you talk a little bit about what that experience was like and how you think that shaped your career path? Sure. Um, And again, thanks for having me just as a 
a tribute to Ohio Northern. My parents met at the law school here. Okay. Um, and so without Ohio Northern, I actually would not exist, I don't <laughs> think, because uh, they came from two other states, so I highly doubt they would have uh, met otherwise. Two of my siblings got married here. Um, my brother went here for undergrad as well in law school, and he married... Um, a now attorney in Lima who went here for undergrad in law school as well. So we Got love a whole polar bear family. Yeah, so I couldn't <laughs> say no to your offer. And I hopefully uh, want to pay it forward. And if there's anything helpful from the podcast that I can share with, um, I guess the youth. Now that I'm not um, the the same age as I was when I was here, <laughs> I'm happy to do that. So to your question, I do remember that when he was chair of the Ohio House Judiciary Committee, and I remember sitting in there some as a kid if I'd come down to Columbus. And um, one particular day, there was a witness who would come. And, and they would give testimony about a bill. And I remember this back and forth with the witness and my dad, who was the chair, and they were just saying a lot of words I did not understand because <laughs> it was like a lawyer bill. Right. And I remember thinking, like, I want to know what they're talking about one day because obviously this is highly important and it's going to affect a lot of lives. And so I think that seeing it firsthand and then seeing back in the district in Allen County when people would come up to my dad and I would hear them say, thanks for doing what you did or thanks for sticking your neck out, like that meant so much to us. That meant a lot to me to see in a very tangible way that his efforts and his time and his sacrifices away from my mom and us four kids was like a huge had a huge impact in in other people's lives so that was really inspirational for me and I think that because of that I wanted to help people too and I wanted to hone my skills professionally to be able to be that for people and to um, pay it forward in that regard. That makes a lot of sense and it's awesome that you were able to kind of find that passion so young. I know a lot of people kind of stumble across their paths later on in life Mm -hmm. but being able to experience that so young is huge so it seems like you've always kind of known that you wanted to work in politics and go kind of down that career path but you decided to go to law school so going to law school did you always plan to use your degree to work in politics so I actually um, did not when I was here at Northern through the Washington Center which I believe you still have students to go to yep. I did an internship for John Boehner who was then the US House Minority Leader and fun fact I don't think you guys knew this but this is my husband's uncle so I now married into the family didn't know him then That's um, so and thankfully crazy. he was nice to the interns <laughs> or I said I would have never given him the time of day um, but I remember going there and going going over to the Supreme Court building, it's it's extremely majestic. And I remember going over to my first ever uh, U.S. Supreme Court oral argument and just looking around and it was so powerful. And that was really inspirational. And I think at that point in time, I knew I wanted to do constitutional law, but I didn't really know in what capacity. And so today, I think I do get to do some constitutional law in the sense that when bills are introduced, a lot of times they'll ask the lawyers, is this constitutional? And how can you craft something that is going to with withstand court scrutiny and things of that nature because obviously we want to be thoughtful about the bills that they pass in the legislature but yeah I definitely didn't think I would be working in state government in Columbus at that point in time but it's kind of interesting where life kind of led me right that seems like a similar pattern to a lot of the alumni we talk to about how you're not really sure especially when you go to law school what you're going to do and Haley and I have definitely talked about there's a lot of options for what to do after law school and a lot of people figured that out during and or after they have already went. Yes, absolutely. You're not confined to what your original plan was. Right. (laughs) So as we mentioned, you work for Speaker Cup and you've actually known him since you were nine years old, which is so funny to me. (laughs) Um, He doesn't hold it against me. (laughs) (laughs) Growing up, did you ever imagine that you'd be working for him as his deputy chief of staff? So I actually didn't. I always kind of thought, I suppose, that he was 
like not as approachable as I now think he is. But my dad always assured me that he was really approachable and nice. Mm-hmm. And I found that out firsthand then in 2014 when I agreed to manage his campaign for state representative in Allen County, which was my dad's old district because he used to be the senator from the area. And so they worked together throughout the years. But as an adult, it was really, really neat to work with him and be around someone that's so brilliant, but also really humble. Like I can't remember if he told you on the podcast, but he was born and raised on a farm and he never forgot his roots. And so that was just really powerful to me to see someone that had been elected statewide in such a meaningful capacity that still never forgot where they came from. And obviously my dad has been an example, but to see someone statewide um, that's not your parents, you know, you kind of have a little different uh, viewpoint. And so I always loved too that he wanted to consider things from different angles. And even though I'm not going to say how many years younger I am, but I'm (laughs) a few decades younger, I never felt like when he asked my opinion, he didn't mean it. He really wanted to think, okay, how did this angle perceive this issue? And even when we were just picking out yard signs or something, like he wanted to be pristine and and find the right one and be very detail oriented and so it's kind of funny that's just how he operates and so it was really neat then to get to know him in that capacity and then to go on throughout the years ever since that point in time. That's great I'm not even a little bit surprised in the way that you described him like that because last season when we had him on the podcast Kennedy and I both just talked about how amazing he was and how open he was and even though he was running late for his next meeting he sat down and he talked to the two of us and we're like we're just two college kids (laughs) like but he genuinely takes that time Mm -hmm. so I'm not surprised he was definitely super personable and as you said he was very humble and it was a great opportunity for us to get to meet him I know we were definitely nervous it was (laughs) absolutely it was a big deal but he was super approachable and it seems like that has been your experience so a little bit Mm -hmm. more about your experience with speaker cup what has been like working with him currently and when you were managing his campaign back in 2014. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. He's very judicial and stoic to a lot of people, and he takes his titles very seriously um, in the regard of the respect that he wants to give to that title and be distinguished, but he never lets it go to his head. So he's actually like really funny, and he's just really, as you said, really easy to talk to. And so that's been great because he's a really good communicator. And he was my mentor for the Ohio Supreme Court. They have a program called Lawyer to Lawyer, and so he and I got CLE credits to kind of walk through a lot of things about how to be a good lawyer, how to be a good advocate. So that was really, really neat. I think one of the things I really like about him, and I saw this even when I was his legislative aide, and he'd come back to the Ohio State House as a freshman, even though he had been the number two guy in the Senate and had been a former statewide elected official, he came back to be one of 99 and be a freshman in that regard. And we'd have meetings and the lobbyists come in and they tell you all these things. And I remember there were so many moments when he, when he would um, kindly, of course, hit pause and ask them to clarify something. Or what do you mean there? Instead of saying, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And it was really powerful for me because it it hit me that even the the best brilliant legal minds and political minds, they know they don't know everything. And if they really want to follow along, they have to have the humility to ask questions. And that was really empowering for me to see as a young attorney when I'm in meetings and things of that nature, that you don't have to know everything, but you can't relay the message if you don't ask them to explain something. And so that doesn't mean you're not intelligent to ask questions it's how you get good at what you do and so that's been really neat to work with him in that regard and and help him as his attorney now and in the past and then as you picked on um kennedy the way he treats people so i've been around several speakers um because i worked as a legal counsel um, for the house before and i've been in dc and things of that nature and to see this man who will hit pause and just 
say hi to the page in the hallway even though we know we have to go and all these other things it's like you know because you've seen how he's around really powerful figures in the sense of what the, the world says is powerful people he treats them the same and he will he will talk to them and it's not for show there's so many times he'll do something and I know he doesn't let me tell anyone what he did but it's just like a very kind humble thing that he did and so that's been really inspirational too because it shows our generation that you can get ahead and do great things in the world by still doing the right thing and treating people right and I wish more people could see that and have that kind of a mentor in their lives because it's it's so inspiring to see that it's so great that you were able to have him as a mentor in your life because it can be hard sometimes to ask questions and not be sure of everything so it's good that you're able to see someone in a position of power still be able to step back and have those conversations because when you're young and you're trying to figure out it's hard to admit that you don't know everything Mm -hmm. so it's great to have a mentor that shows you that even if you work for a super long time and you're super great at it there's still going to be questions yeah no one knows everything right (laughs) and especially in such a competitive environment like both the legal and political fields are so competitive and cutthroat that you don't want to admit that you're wrong ever or admit that you don't have the answers so the Mm -hmm. fact that he was able to do that is amazing Mm -hmm. and also I feel like then you can also put that forward someday when you get to mentor someone so you got to witness it firsthand and it's not just something that you were told yeah yeah it's definitely different when you uh live politics so to speak versus being in class here and reading it in Mm -hmm. a book and it is encouraging to see good things happen well we're gonna switch gears a little bit your parents own a law firm here in lima ohio and you mentioned that you attribute your respect for and comfort in the legal system to like growing up around their firm have you ever considered stepping away from politics and working at the family firm So it's funny that this was a question. Um, I should just say uh, since about 2006, my dad hasn't been in the firm yet anymore because he's on the third district court of appeals. So obviously he couldn't um, serve anymore, but my mom still has her firm and it's kind of timely, I guess, that my parents always tell me this story that I would interview the clients in in the the waiting room and they had me convinced that one of their clients was Santa Claus because this gentleman <laughs> looked like Santa Claus. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so these were the kinds of things and they actually went on Oprah when I was a child to explain about child care and different ways to kind of be creative and because they were in a small town law firm they could do that and it was I think endearing to a lot of people to to meet the kids and everything. And we had our own back room with our names on the back door and I'd pretend to work at the computer and do all sorts of things. That's so cute. Um, yeah, it was cute until I thought a check was for play, and then they couldn't find the job. So <laughs> that wasn't my greatest moment. But yeah, so it was really meaningful because it, it could see that you didn't have to pick your family over law. You could have both and spin both plates. And that's been very meaningful to me. I think it's so important to see, kind of like I was saying in the political world, some of the things my dad was able to help people with. I remember being um, in the law firm and just thinking about how seriously consequential so many of these decisions are for these people. I mean, if you think about it, some of these people, this is like one of the most emotional moments in their lives. Like who do you leave your things to when you pass away and all sorts of bad situations, a divorce or things like that. And so being able to be very a gentle human about it and not just a good lawyer, I think is very important. And it means a lot to people to be able to have a really good temperament with them as you're walking them through. And in those regards, like you really counsel people and that's really satisfying. And so my brother is at a law firm here in Northwest Ohio. My sister-in-law is too. So I don't know, maybe one day they'll go back to my mom's firm. But I've been of counsel there since 
I went to Columbus um, in 2014 so that I could kind of have my cake and eat it too. But I don't know in the future if I'm still going to do that full time or what I'm going to do. So, but yeah, it's, it's very meaningful. My mom loves it. And she's been a great example for a mom to be able to do it all. And I don't know how she had four kids because I have one <laughs> and I practice law and I'm like really tired, but it was, it was really a meaningful experience and a great backdrop to grow up having. It's definitely so inspiring to hear you talk about like family and law together because Haley and I both are considered, well, are hoping that we will be lawyers in the future. (laughs) We are both looking at law school and I've always, that's always been a concern of mine. Like, can you balance being a full-time attorney with having a family? Because I definitely want to do both. So it's very comforting to hear you talk about how you were able to grow up with a mom and a dad that mm-hmm. were both attorneys and still be able to have that good family structure yeah I think the world's changing a lot too um, I think it's getting a lot better I do think COVID probably had an impact on that where they saw a lot mm-hmm. of people could work from home and spend a lot of plates and I do think just in general men in society um, are kind of understanding that they can help take care of the kids too right. <laughs> so I think it's definitely gotten better for female attorneys but yeah, you. I do think you can kind of do it all. And we're not all going to be Amy Coney Barrett's. Uh, I mean, I don't know how she had all those kids and has been able to memorize all these facts, but she's <laughs> definitely an inspiration for me in that regard. Absolutely. So speaking a little bit about your future, with Speaker Cups reaching his term limit, what is next for you as you move on to the next chapter of your life? Yeah, so he is term limited at the uh, end of this year after eight years. As we know, in Ohio, they have term limits. And so I had to kind of think about why did I go back in the first place? Because I had been there before and I left. And um, before I came back, I was at State Treasurer Robert Sprague's office. He is a former state rep of the area. And I was doing banking law and contract negotiations. And it was really comfortable. I was very happy there. And I remember when I was asked to come back to the legislature and do this job that he was kind of creating for me. I said I wouldn't do this for anyone else <laughs> and I truly wouldn't because the legislature is very satisfying and I'm so fortunate to work there but after a while I think it kind of does wear on you and you're like okay I think it's time right I think it's time but he's been amazing to work for and I'm so so thankful I said yes I'm really proud of the fact that I joke that I'm going to be getting out of there twice now without gray hair and my dad definitely had gray hair before he left so although he did 10 years and he actually was a member so I guess I can't compare but um, I don't exactly um, have an answer for you yet just just yet Kennedy but I'm excited for the new opportunities as you said when you have a law degree there's so many different things you can do And, and sometimes you can do traditional law you could go back to being in the courtroom every day which I used to do when I was a prosecutor or you could go back to doing contract negotiations and you could do estate planning or you could do uh, government affairs work as like a lobbyist and things like that. So work for a nonprofit, you could really help a lot of people kind of get to the finish line on a lot of their dreams. And that's really satisfying. So I hope that um, whatever I do next, I'll be happy, but I will be very honest, like I will never again have a boss like Bob Cup. And I've been so blessed and I'm so thankful that I agreed to manage his campaign several <laughs> years ago because it really um, put my life on a different trajectory. And I met my husband while working at the legislature on a bill. It was about intestacy, which is like when you die and it has to do with like not having a will. So it's really not a romantic Mm. subject. (laughs) Um, But the Uniform Simultaneous Death Act, it was House Bill 432. We met there. We got married at 432 over in Wapak. So it's kind of nerdy. But his his member um, was from the Dayton area. And yeah, so you just never know where life's going to take you when you just keep your mind open 
to new opportunities that would make you happy. And I think, especially in law, I'll never settle, like do what makes you happy. You're not going to have perfect days every single day, but you have to be honest with yourself and do, do what is satisfying to you. So I hope I find that. And I hope after you two both go to law school that you don't let go of that. Um, and you believe in that and you don't settle for anything less. Yeah. The options <laughs> seem endless with law school they and really with do. a law degree. So yeah. I hope whatever you choose, it goes great. And we'll have to keep updated with you with yeah, what absolutely. you choose next. Yeah. And I think if there's one thing Kennedy and I have learned through all the guests we've had on this podcast is just to be open to the future and like mm-hmm. you cannot plan everything that's mm-hmm. not going to work out the way that you yeah planned five years right. ago so <laughs> yeah. and, and there's, usually yeah. it works out for the better yeah so and there's so many, so many opportunities I think even people that have been around it for so long like I've been fortunate to do like I had never thought of those things and so you do have to keep an open Absolutely. mind because I think it's kind of silly for you to just assume that you know every single option that's right. out there yeah yeah well we have one more question for you right so, <laughs> as you know we have a segment on our podcast called factor cap so when we had speaker cup on here we had a super fun factor cap so we tried to do <laughs> the same for you <laughs> um shout out to dr a for this factor cap all right um, <laughs> so factor cap the way it works is it's like gen z true or false i'll say a statement if it's true you say fact if it's false you'll say cap and then you can just elaborate a little bit okay so your factor cap is your family used to buy tickets to every single notre dame football game fact or cap <laughs> i think that's a cap it could have been a fact but it was a little embellished in this <laughs> Fair. so my dad went there for um undergrad he's from south bend and it was his dream kind of like rudy to like go to notre dame and mm-hmm. um it was cool he worked his way through college and was able to do it and he swam there he had some records and um he ended up being in the monogram club so because you're in the monogram club you can get tickets kind of like an alumni club but you're more like I think to get the tickets because okay. um, it's a smaller pool right. and so growing up I did get to go to games um, <laughs> and that was amazing those were some great memories but we definitely needed to go to like every single game so <laughs> it's kind of like a cap but a little bit of five so. and I don't have llamas but <laughs> I know Speaker Cub had a great answer for you guys with that <laughs> absolutely well thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today it's so nice to have you back at ONU for this very special episode yeah thank you guys and it's so encouraging what you guys are doing thank Thank you you. for inspiring me as well thank you absolutely thank you speaking of sports there with our factor cap today I'm wondering about our puppy sport who's not really a puppy anymore but could you give us a little pup date on sport gray absolutely sport is officially home for Christmas break with me he'll be staying with me he might bounce around between handlers we'll see if I need a break from his <laughs> high energy but like I said it's Christmas time so we've done some Christmas activities he went to Kaleidoscope Farms and got to meet Santa's reindeer oh my gosh no way yeah so that was super exciting and then also of course we took little family Christmas pictures in our PJs and he had a matching bandana so super family exciting. goals family goals right of there of course so yeah sports enjoying his Christmas break If you guys made it all the way to today's episode, we just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to the very last episode of season two. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode as well as the rest of the season. Make sure you guys stay tuned for season three coming soon. Make sure you guys also subscribe to the podcast and keep up to date with us on our social medias while we take a little bit of a break from recording and releasing episodes and our instagram tiktok and twitter are own you underscore icap with two p's we'll see you guys next season thanks for listening bye